With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad. Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. Now, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. All right, thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 6.30 Chad. Friday night. Hope you have a great weekend planned. We had a cousin from the province of Ontario coming in this weekend. Lives in Kitchener-Waterloo. I think Kitchener-Waterloo had a CFL team at some point back in the day, probably 100 years ago. Uh, we have a CFL team. They've been uh, pretty good for the last uh, couple of years. A 2016 in, uh, win in Winnipeg last night, and I'm pleased to be joined by two members of the offensive line, the two tackles. DeAnthony Batiste is in. DeAnthony, hello. Hey, how's it going? Tony Washington here as well. Good day, Tony. How you doing? Thanks for doing this again. I know you guys came in in the off season and talked about last season and and your lives and your football careers and, and being Eskimos and all that fun stuff. A mid season visit is nice, especially after a win. I just and by the way, if you have any questions or comments for these guys, I, I just tweeted out a, a picture of them so you can see what they look like without helmets and without being all sweaty. <laughs> and though they're not wearing tuxedos today, which was I asked if they could wear something you know more formal, but they said no. Yeah, uh, but. My tailor wasn't in. The ta- your tailor, he's <laughs> probably back in uh, uh, Louisiana, right? Exactly. And you were Louis- Texas, Louisiana, well, and then Texas. Louisiana, then Texas. Louisiana yeah. for Tony. Um, oh, he's but- got enough money. He'll, he'll send the tailor up here. <laughs> yeah, oh my goodness! Here we go. I don't, it's, it's great. I just let you guys trash talk each other for an hour. It's <laughs> Pretty fun. much, yeah. Um, you can text six thirty six thirty. Tweet me at Reed Wilkins if you got anything for these two guys, specifically about last night's game or or the Eskimos in general. I just want to throw this out there to you guys. There is no rule against scoring points in the first quarter. It's pr- it's perfectly acceptable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're okay. You're aware of that. Yeah. <laughs> we're aware of that. We're aware of that. We're just not able to pull it off all the time. But yeah, we're clearly aware of that. Yeah. Like what's going on? Because there's been uh, three games this season, one point in the first quarter, and I'm I know I'm nitpicking because you're you're two and one, and you could have right. you could have won the other game and been three and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but what's what's going on in in that first quarter? Is is, is has something set in with this team that is hesitant or what's happening? You know what? I think it's just us just um, clicking as a unit all together, and I think we have to start faster. You know what I mean? Um, I don't know if it's anything in particular with the scheme or anything, but we, uh, as a unit, just once we get to jail and once we get to going, that's when it usually happens around second quarter. <laughs> but we've always been a second-half team, you know. Uh, we're going to fight you to the fourth quarter, you know what I mean, even if we don't start off fast. But I think it uh, eventually it was only week three, week four for, uh, for the league. So, sure. I mean, we'll get it We'll get it down. Like you said, uh that at first game we could have we could have won that game too, and I think uh, once we 
start to figure it out, get the timing right, get everything you know, perfect and crisp. It's going to take a few weeks, but I, I think the most of the league is facing that same uh, dilemma right now. I mean, even the game on right now is four to four to two, and it's what the third quarter. Yeah, it's halftime. Yeah, yeah. At halftime. So I mean, there's there's a lot of that going around. <laughs> is <laughs> it's that not just if, us? I mean, is it is it true, D'Anthony, that the uh, the offensives have to have to catch up to the defenses sometimes early in the season? Um, well, I think as an offense, uh, our main Achilles heel has just been shooting ourselves in the foot. Like we've been mm-hmm. taking a lot of penalties in the first quarter, and which will really just stall out drives. And and which, if you want to be a productive offense and start fast, that's counterproductive. And you know, defenses. They, I mean, people joke about it all the time, but they normally just have a gap or they have uh, a, a defensive scheme that's telling them where they be, where they have to be every play. Mm-hmm. And us in offense, we learn to adjust and we make audibles and we make calls on the line of scrimmage and we adjust on the fly. And that takes a lot of uh, a lot more mental power than just somebody telling you, hey, this is your gap, stay in your gap. So um, I think to some degree, yeah, it affects uh, how fast offenses can start, especially early in the season. But um, one thing I have faith in and I've seen later in games, once we get going, I mean, we're we're, we're hard to stop. So if we can learn to start off the game that way and not shoot ourselves in the foot by taking penalties, uh, we could be a definite force to be reckoned with. How, How do you avoid, or maybe you don't avoid it, maybe you let the frustration in and that fuels you, but how do you avoid the slow starts becoming crippling because sometimes you see a team fall behind and they're just useless the rest of the game right um well one thing is is, uh we learn to be mentally tough Mm -hmm. and um being a mentally tough team is something that can definitely reap huge benefits later on in the season whenever you get down like uh last year whenever we were down in the great cup i mean a lot of mentally tough teams late in the game whenever they're down um they start you know being like gophers in a hole, they'll start, you know, chewing at their own ankles. And and but us, uh, we never start looking back. We never start pointing fingers, and we just keep believing in each other. And if we can keep doing that and and building that mental toughness, we'll eventually get ourselves and, out of that rut. Yeah, and I don't think we are that team to 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 let it cripple us because I I mean we are a mentally tough team, and you've seen that through the three games that we played. And of the like games last, I mean we were down in Saskatchewan twenty one zero in the first quarter last year, mm-hmm. and we came you know came back and won that game. And I think. The overall, you know, consensus of this team is that we are a strong team. We're going to fight, and we have the same kind of mindset as our coach, Jason Moss. Is just he's a competitive, ruthless guy, and I think he, we feed off of him. We feed off of Mike, and we feed off the rest of our guys. And I don't think at any point in any of these games this year have we ever said we're going to we're going to lose this game. Even in the Ottawa game, we were. I knew in the third quarter, I, in my head, I was like, we're going to win this game. You know what I mean? And that's just the way I think this team is is uh, just the way we think. So I don't think it's going to be a crippling thing. I think give us some time. Maybe hopefully this week coming up with Hamilton, we'll show that. You know, that's the plan. That's a good matchup. Hamilton's well-coached too, I think. I mean, yeah. there's a lot of well-coached teams. You, you said Jason Moss is a competitive, ruthless guy. <laughs> oh, he's 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 uh, not ruthless in a, in a sense of, you know, but he's just very... He's very compassionate about what he's doing and about his about this game. He loves his sport, man. He loves this game, and it's not more. It's not a money thing. It's not a. I mean, he is in love with this game, and you can see it. And we, when we love playing for him, is he? I mean, I look. I, I know you guys don't want to do this, but it, mm-hmm. it's it's hanging there because. Right. And you were successful with Chris Jones. Is DeAnthony? Is he? Like, is he really different from from Chris Jones? Was, was there some getting used to there, or what was the transition like? Um, 
different uh everybody's different i think that's kind of a uh that's an easy question to answer of course there are two different coaches uh but at the same time um he's an offensive minded coach so i felt like uh in some ways where we were um, not necessarily lacking, but ways that we could have actually improved, and you know, and and instead of being in the the prerequisite of offense, um, sometimes last year we're actually at you know the 300 level, the 400 level, you know, and we're actually learning a lot more about the game, and our and our routes are, are our route trees are a lot different and a lot more complex, and I felt like it's allowed our offensive game to evolve to a certain extent, which has improved us in offense and mm -hmm. allowed us to be able to score a lot more a lot more points earlier in the season to where we weren't able to do that last year yeah. and um and and that's just him being an offensive coach and he's he's a little bit of an offensive guru you can tell i'm always seeing he's he's always reading some new book about you know football and he's always trying to divulge and and pick all of these uh nfl coaches minds and and just how they approach the game so he's always trying to improve so he's actually yeah, has kind of fostered that and and kind of uh brought that to our offense and that's been very helpful towards our offense. Well, the offense is different, and I asked you guys when you were here in the offseason, I said, didn't last year you just get really good at four or five plays? And you guys laughed and said, yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. pretty much. I mean, right. I was probably oversimplifying it a little bit, but but I do notice uh, and, and look, obviously I, you know, I'm not I'm, I'm no uh, former CFL receiver, but I, no. I, I, it seems to me from watching, there's more focus on attacking different parts of the field. Right. On yeah sometimes getting the ball out uh, a little quicker or running patterns that open things up for for other guys yep. and, yeah. and and still some of the nice deep shots that you had last year as well right yeah i think uh, i think this year yeah we are i mean we were a decent offensive you know group last year and i think this year we we're like he like the anthony said we've evolved into a, a different type of beast we have the, i mean the game you take the game last night i mean i don't i know the stats were do the Walker for 150 and right. and you know you got a uh, AD for 100 and what was that 100 uh, 185 yeah yeah you have multiple guys making 100 yard plus games you know and scoring touchdowns and stuff so yeah we got a lot of targets and our offensive line is gelled pretty well and um, I think we're um, you know we're pretty good knit group and uh, you know I don't, I don't I don't really see our offense not just taking that next step and you know going to that next level. John White, uh, quieter, quieter game last night, but it seems mm. to, to me that with the play calling, it's really focused on keeping him involved, establishing <clears throat> a bit of a run. I mean, last year, your run game was up and down, yeah. largely yeah. because of the injuries, and you had some inexperienced guys who might have one good game and then a bit of a quieter game. Right. But it seems to me, DeAnthony, there's a huge focus on always reminding those defenses, like, hey, 30's getting the ball. Yeah. Exactly. So you better watch. That's exactly. a piece back there. Yeah, that's and that's exactly what there. happened last <laughs> night whenever, um, whenever Mike threw the check down to him, and it wound up being you know, a 30-, 40-yard game because – once you forget about him, and that's whenever he can hurt you. Mm -hmm. So he's he's a double threat receiver. You're not he can well triple threat. He can block. He can also run the ball, but he can also catch the ball and run as well, and become a target in a passing game. So um, as a as a back, um, that's something that 
that is huge, you know, you, because you're not always going to be able to run the ball because sometimes teams will just, like a few times last night, teams will just go all out blitz you, mm -hmm. and you're going to have to throw the ball. And sometimes whenever that blitz doesn't get there, you just peel off the peel off the edge, and he caught that long um, yeah. that long game last night. So being able to become a threat in the pass game is something that he uh, has in his repertoire and is part of his arsenal, so that's, that's huge. But it's huge for us having him. Yeah, like you said, last year the running game was up and down, and we were always a pass threat, you know, but this year it's, it's a little bit different. And, yeah, he, it was a little quiet yesterday for him, but then they opened up the pass game, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, he's a beast, and I don't want to go again. <laughs> I don't want to put my hat down on him. I've seen him take out some guys, and, and yeah, he's a, I'm glad we have him back. <laughs> We're in studio with Tony Washington and the Anthony Batiste offensive lineman for your Edmonton Eskimos. Jeremy from Glendon has texted, and he says, can you ask the guys what they think about Thursday night games? Um... I like Thursday night games. Oh, hey, we're the only show on at night that night, so yeah, we're the only yeah. we're the only game there, so I love it. <laughs> I have no problem with it. Um, I mean, you guys just the cycle for you is you it's just a quicker turnaround. Towards the yeah, yeah, it's so. a quicker turnaround. But it's uh, one thing I've experienced whenever it's in the NFL. Um, you know, it's not like going from a Sunday to a Thursday night game because that's an extremely quick turnaround. But actually having that extra day, like going from playing on a Saturday, um, it's not as strenuous on the body. Um, but at the same time, uh, if it would have been a Saturday-Saturday game, it would have been nice. But at the same right. time, um, yeah. it, this is the this is the CFL and this is professional football. So whether you uh, show up on a Tuesday or you show up on a Wednesday or whether it's a Memorial Day uh, game, you got to show up and be your 100%. And that's part of being a professional. And that's part of being a champion. Because, I mean, you got to get through that adversity through the whole season. And that's what makes, that's what's going to start separating these teams is the times, the schedule, the injuries. By week 10, this whole this league is going to be something completely different, you know. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I don't mind it. I, I think it's uh, it just shows you who you are as a team to be able to bounce back like that and, and win a game, especially on the road. You guys uh, took 12 penalties last night uh, for 114 yards, eight of them in the first half. DeAnthony, you were flagged for holding in the first half. Mm -hmm. What happened on that play? <laughs> uh, I don't know. It seems like uh, a guy was running by me, and I think I just barely put my hand out there, and somebody was had a little itchy trigger finger. So. We, can't, we can't talk about the refs, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, we exactly. Can't. Well, we you know what? Yeah, no, I'm not trying to At get the you fined or anything, but you seemed, <laughs> you seemed the, unhappy, and, uh, and the commentator said well, he didn't Somebody had an itchy trigger finger. That's all it is to it. I mean, I'm not saying it was right or wrong. It just said somebody had an itchy trigger finger back there. So um, <laughs> it is what it is. Uh, it's part of the game, but uh, at the end of the day, if we would have lost that game, we can't sit back there and point at the refs because that's the easy thing to do. We have to take uh, we have to take it on upon our shoulders and say that, hey, this is our job to win the game. Um, we can't blame anything on the refs. We, it's, it's our job to show up and win these games, or referees or not. Um, nobody's perfect 100% of the time, and you just got to do what you got to do and play through adversity. It'll yeah. make you a stronger team in the end. Uh, t Tony, I'll start with you. What kind of view did you have of Bowman's catch? You know the one I'm talking about. Oh, I, know I he had was a lot, looking but directly. The I was looking direct at, directly at, and I was like, the first thing I said, I ran down. I said, "Hey, that's going to be on TSN tonight." <laughs> 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 I said, "That's number one on TSN tonight." Highlight reel. <laughs> but you were able to see it. There wasn't oh, a guy yeah, lying yeah, yeah. on top of you or anything. Like no, that. because uh, uh, number two. What happened was 38, Wild, and uh, number two was rapping it to me. So I, you know, I punched him. Um, 38 
came and hit me on and picked me, so to, number two was able to get free. So I was kind of free from blocking, and I was looking downfield at the time. And that's when I, yeah, it, it, it all happened. It was so slow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got to see it because I actually um, was able to uh, peel somebody off on that play. Oh, yeah, you did. Yep. Yeah, and, and, you know, he wasn't too happy about that. But, uh, <laughs> hey, y'all can replay it and watch the film and what happened. But um, at the same time, I, I was pretty freed up on the play so I could actually view it, and it was – it was a beautiful catch. I mean, I saw him get over those two guys and just reach up there with his humongous shoulders of his. And, yeah, he got up there and got that ball. I was quite impressed with that catch. And I saw it, seeing it up close. You don't, you don't, you don't really appreciate the game unless you really love the game and watch the game. And, um, and seeing, it, seeing something like that, I was talking to my wife about it. Um, he traveled eight yards in the air. <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> and I saw, and I was just like, that's just that's just the way the game is. And then when and when I talked to Bowman about the catch, he said, he said, I I just had to get it. I had to, and you know, and I was, just, I mean, it's a good catch. I mean, there's good catches all over the league, and I'm just glad to see that we're starting to be that highlight reel. You know, like we're starting to have that happen, and I think we're starting to pick up from where we left off last year. Um, with a lot of that kind of stuff. <laughs> on, on a passing play, do you guys know um, where the ball is going, or you just focus on the protection you have to? Uh, yeah, we have no idea. We just like, okay, what protection? <laughs> we know like... the we know the protection. We know what side Mike's throwing to. I think, but I don't think we we don't necessarily know. Yeah, who's getting the ball? What routes are? We're where. too focused on our job and like blocking up looks and seeing what type of blitz. If it's a six man, five man blitz. If we're you know if we're fanning out to edge pressure or yeah. not to be focused on the development of the secondary. But right. vice versa, they don't know where to block. Or who's blocking who anyway? So <laughs> they have their world, and we have right, our world. Right, Bowman's not worried just, about who you're gonna pick up. Exactly. Or, or no, like no, Bo don't care. <laughs> uh, you can text six thirty six thirty if you have any questions or comments for DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington. Kirk says, "Hey, gentlemen, you are right. You could see it on TV. You were going to take control. I believe another Eskimo Grey Cup this year. Moss is the man, and y'all are beasts." That's from Kirk. Appreciate thanks. it, Kirk. Thanks, Kirk. Thanks. Uh, keep the text coming to six thirty six thirty. Washington and Batiste from the Eskimos offensive line. Inside Sports on Ched will continue. Your home for breaking news and expert opinion. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 630 Ched. All right, it's 5-4. Hamilton leading Montreal. One minute into the third quarter in a uh, bit of an odd game. Tonight, uh, just a fumble here, but uh, not going to be a turnover. We'll keep you updated on that one. Your scoreboard is presented by Crystal Glass. For all your glass needs, you can call 310-GLASS today. The Blue Jays do play tonight. Starts in about 35, 40 minutes in Oakland against the A's. Phil Mickelson leads the British Open. He is 10-under. Henrik Stenson, second place, is 9-under. Reed Wilkins with you. We're joined in studio by two members of the Eskimos Offensive line, the two tackles, DeAnthony Batiste and Tony Washington. Again, guys, uh, thanks for coming in. I'm making a prediction that the Toronto and Oakland game is going to be the same score as uh, Alouettes in them. <laughs> this is a strange game. What do you, what do you guys think of Duran Carter uh, <laughs> bumping into Rick Campbell? I don't, uh, have, a don't have a comment. Don't have a comment. Yeah, yeah, I don't know what happened there. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 
Yeah. I'm just drinking my tea. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> maybe he thought it was the wrong sideline. You know, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe yeah. he had a concussion. Maybe he didn't. Yeah. Maybe uh-huh. he's going through pro- protocol. Maybe he's not. Yeah. Well, yeah, we, we don't know. know. It's there's, there's, there's so many. There's multiple stories out there. Somebody needs to get this story straight. That's all I know. Uh, he's a good player. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a, uh, he a very good player. Who's the uh, who's who's the toughest guy to block? For an old lineman, do you think? Hmm. And you know you can't pick Odell. Like in you this pick league, yeah, in this league, um, uh, toughest guy to non-Eskimo. block. Non-Eskimo. 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 Gosh, that's hard. Hmm. Yeah. Um, I've had trouble with with Charleston in the past. Charleston Hughes in Calgary. I think he's got some power, and I think his speed is um, for me for my set the way I set uh, a DN is, it, it, you know, if I if I don't. If I do, if I'm too laxed on him, like if I just go out there, just kind of, you know, not right. really paying attention to what I'm doing, then he can get me sometimes. No, um, I, have, I have a lot of respect for Westerman. To be totally honest with you, I yeah. think he's a good player. Yeah, oh, sorry, which guy? Good. Westerman. Oh, Westerman. Sorry. Yeah, yeah I think decent. I think he's a good. I think he's a good pass rusher. He mm-hmm. has a lot of moves. Uh, yeah, good inside uh, quickness. But yeah, I, I would say uh, Westerman's a good player. Right. Yeah. Uh, I like Bowman as well too. He's uh, right. old school, veteran savvy. Um, yeah, but he's if you sleep on him though, that's when he gets you. I know that's what you, <laughs> I like Bowman, man. I think and he's been showing out this game too. I've been watching him a little bit, and he's uh he's doing a, he's doing a good job. I think he has two sacks or a sack right now. So I mean that's my that's my opinion about it. You, your D line was 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 pretty good last night. Uh, I mean Odell gets all the headlines, but I thought I mean Sewell got through there. Yep. Uh, Jabari had to go in and yeah, play. Yeah, right. And, and he, he got one. He and, actually did real good. Actually, and, I was watching him. And how? Here's the thing: like when the Eskimos got Howard mm-hmm. a few years ago, like he kind of burst onto the scene and had big, impressive numbers. He, right. he hasn't racked up a lot of sacks, mm-hmm. but. I think he's quietly just become a really strong player. Like, yeah, that's one thing I can say. Like, if if he's not getting a sack, you can definitely see him flushing a quarterback out of the pocket. You know, yeah. and and he he might not be getting the sack, but trust me, like he's he's flushing it towards Odell's side, or or causing him to step up into um, Mondo bull rushing somebody into into his lap. I mean, and, and that's like the quiet things that. Um, I think Marcus is good at doing that. Um, are, that aren't necessarily um, getting notoriety. But also, you have the last game against the Saskatchewan. He was there almost every time. Almost. I mean, I I could have counted at least ten times. I thought he was going to get there. But yes, the back end has to hold up for just one more second, right? right. I think he's. I think Marcus is due for. You know, I, I mean, the guys. The guys. Are, he's a good player. He's. A, he's probably like I said, Marcus. And you don't want us to say who's the harder guys to block. Those are two hardest guys to block in this league. Yeah. Um, they definitely do a good job of, uh, I can say, uh, as as tackles in this league, uh, we get very well prepared for our next opponent um, by going up against those guys, not only through training camp, but every day in practice. Uh, and they're very good players, and, and we get chirpy sometimes in practice and, and go back and <laughs> forth at each other. But I get, think it's good, healthy competition because uh, good competition makes uh, good players great. And I think we do a good job of making each other better every day. All right, we got some more text to get to. I, I want to talk a little bit about the Saskatchewan game because it was such an incredible back and forth game. So I want right. to get your experience as players as well. Yep. Inside Sports in studio with the Anthony Batiste and Tony Washington from the Eskimos. Shame, shame, go away. 
This is Oscar Clef from, from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to the Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Shad. Well, guess who just ran a punt back for a touchdown? What are we looking at there? About uh, 85 yards, I want to say. Yep. From his own 25, Brandon Banks of the Hamilton Tiger Cats to make it 11-4 with the point after the touchdown still to come. And it's been a bit of a strange game tonight, but... Uh, Banks, dangerous, uh, 86 will be the official. Extra point being kicked right now. 11 minutes left in the third quarter, and the extra point is good. 12-4, Hamilton leads Montreal. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Inside Sports on 630 Chet. I'm Reed Wilkins. Tony Washington from the Eskimos is here. Hello, Tony. Yo. So is DeAnthony Batiste. Hey. The uh, the, uh, two tackles on the Eskimos offensive line. Greg texting in. He says, nice to hear you have the linemen in. They don't get enough praise. Ah, oh, there we go. Appreciate, there we wow, go. appreciate that. Somebody's going to Can someone side. retweet that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, how how helpful is it that all you guys are back from last year, and even some of the, the depth guys are back from yeah. last year? That's huge. That's huge. I mean, I feel like these guys are, are my brothers, and we look at each other like family. You know, uh, we were joking whenever we initially came in. We're like, hey, you know, you guys – have a good back and forth relationship. I'm like, hey, we we do this all the time. We're like a family, you know, and we're almost like brothers, you know. Sometimes we 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 love to hate each other, and sometimes, you know, we we hate to love each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we work very well together because um, whenever you work together for so long, it's like you don't even have to guess what the guys next to you is going to do because you've been with them for so long, and you just know that y'all have that type of gel and that relationship and that continuity between the guys that. It, you don't even have to call plays. You can just mumble to each other and be like, Arr! and then be like, okay, well, they're about to twist. And I, I do it sometimes with some plays, and they just be like, okay, well, you know, it's about to twist. And, and it, it, it helps because we trust each other, and trust is a very big thing among offensive linemen because we always have to trust each other that we're going to make the right call because sometimes another guy has his head between his legs mm-hmm. or somebody's turning around and is tapping, and we have to have trust in each other that we're telling each other where to go, and that's not something that's built overnight is something that happens over mm-hmm. a period of time, over a period of years, and we've just been getting better and better every year, and we're just trying to keep things moving in that direction. Yeah, yeah, and that's why you got to keep lines together. I mean, you see a lot of rookie alignment or teams of rookie centers. I mean, they have they struggle a little bit because yeah. that we're we're five guys working as one, you know, and um, having that, like you said, that brotherhood, having that that you know we go out every time we go out together we watch movies together I mean we hang out we we do everything together man and we lift weights together we clown we joke you know we go through everything together and and that silent communication is one of the best things about having this veteran offensive line is being able to say or look at someone or to like you know just make gestures and we know exactly <laughs> what's going on you know and that and that for this game is so you know, it's so needed. You have to have that, you know. And uh, I wouldn't want to be in another situation. So you got uh, you guys on the ends. You got Simeon Rotier and Matt O'Donnell as the tackles, and Justin Sorensen is the uh, center. So you guys are the uh, imports. And yes. yeah. No, sorry, now you're internationals. Yeah. 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 And uh, the three interior guys are Canadians. Oh, Matt played at NCAA, though, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah. yeah. So Sorsen did, too. Sorsen played at NCAA. And, and uh, Matt played right here. Yep, and yeah. Matt was in, uh, he spent a little time in the NFL as well. So. With Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah like he, he's, he's O'Donnell's 6'10. 6'11. Gosh, he's so tall. I don't know, sometimes. I don't even like standing next to him. I don't even like seeing it on film. It's just like it's a dip whenever it goes to the right and when he goes to the end. It's like, oh, gosh, okay, way to point out who's the shortest guy on the line. 
<laughs> you are the shortest guy on the line. Hush. Uh, Brian says, uh, hi, guys. Uh, being from the United States, uh, how is the CFL viewed? Do people who know you think it's a lesser game than the NFL or college football? I think everyone does cause just because it's not just the um, the America. It's, it's everywhere but just because the NFL has so much – I mean, they have so much following. They have so much back. I mean, they, I mean, think about the population in America compared to the population in Canada. I mean, obviously you got the, and the money that's spent. You know, people right. follow that big name, big. Oh, where's you know where's the media going? Where I mean, I think last night showed I, to me, and I and I've seen it in a lot of games, and I and I think the talent here is sometimes it's, it's equally matched matched to me. Wide receiver play, offensive. You know, I think it's matched in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean, there are some guys in the NFL that are just you know. You Once know, in a lifetime. Beast, yeah, athletes, you know yeah. what I mean? But, I mean, at the same time, there are guys up here that I think if had an opportunity could could succeed and play in the NFL as well. Right. And um, I think that's been proven with Cam Wake. I mean, he is a beast. Right. And, you know what I mean? He was up here for a little bit. Um, so um, I think everyone looks at it like that, but I think it's a immediate thing. But if you play the game and you meet people that come up here from the NFL, they don't make it sometimes. And, and then there's guys who do make it, and there's guys who go to Canada who play here and go to the States and make it, and they got guys who don't. So um, I, you It's know. how you're being used a lot sometimes too, right? right? right. And, it's, and the game's different. You well, know, I kind of like to refer to it as uh, the thing about the the NFL and the states is we view uh, NFL football like uh, like Canadians view their hockey, mm -hmm. you know, and and they start out in the states at you know the age of six years old playing pee wee football, just like you know junior hockey is here, and mm -hmm. and if you have such a big following and it becomes almost like a, a thing of tradition, just like hockey is tradition here, then of course there's going to be a bigger following, but at mm -hmm. the same time I think. Uh, my fa friends and family and, and people that are back home that are truly like my loyal following, they are just happy to see that I'm up here doing something I love to do mm -hmm. and that gets more exactly. of a following and that gets them happy and behind me as well. So, no, I think uh, I, I think uh, it, in, in one way, yeah, it's not as publicized because, like I said, it's 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 a little bit um, of uh, of where you're at type of deal. But, yeah, um, yeah. I enjoy it. My, yeah, my family looks at I'm playing football. That's not my thing. They don't, they, you know. I'm when when the game comes on, they have parties just as if it was Sunday, you know, in NFL, you know. But but like he said, it's just the following is way stronger. Like we I, we played ball since we were we talked last time yeah. we were nine years old, you know. Right. Yeah. And uh, so that's the reason why the NFL has so much. Uh, it's just a, it's just a popular sport. I, I found yeah. Americans are very curious about the Canadian Football League because they're such huge football fans, so they yeah. want to digest. Every possible aspect of it. Right? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And that's why I try to do everything I can on social media, and Tony does as well. Is is just spreading the word. Spreading the word so people can get out there and just mm -hmm. get to know about. Hey, like this is real football up here as well because we talked at practice the other day, and I guarantee you, like these 220 pound DBs that are used to just covering those 50 50 wide 50 yard wide fields. In the states, I guarantee you, those six, that extra 15 yards of width, uh, 15 yards of width up here, so and 100 and extra 20 yards, I guarantee you, it makes it a way bigger field, and it's not as easy to cover guys here as it is in the states because the fields are smaller and the windows are smaller. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, we got a tweet here from Leanne. Ask them who has the better dance moves out of you two. My uh, goodness. Thaddeus Coleman. 
<laughs> well, Thad's not yeah, here anymore. Not. <laughs> not yeah, here. yeah. But he's the dancer. Uh, I think I got. I think I got it. But well, it's only because it. you said your wife. Is, no, I don't is mean in ballroom. Whatever. I mean and and just you know, go to the club. I'm a better hip hop dancer. We'll How go about to the that? club tonight and we'll have a few drinks and then we'll see. Uh, we'll I promise you, I'm a better hip hop dancer. <laughs> we'll and I'm not gonna have off. any drinks because I guarantee you, everybody thinks they're a better dancer after a couple of drinks. Yeah, but that's the whole point. <laughs> <laughs> Step it up. <laughs> uh, 12-4, Hamilton still leading Montreal, 5-40 uh, left in the third quarter. Montreal is actually trying to put a drive together here. Cato's thrown to the end zone, and there is nobody anywhere near the ball, except two Hamilton guys. Yeah. Goes through the end zone. Uh, all right, so uh, i got to ask you about uh, – oh, I should I ask you about Bowman. So what about Walker's big catch last night? That was a huge one. Yeah, that was – yeah, that was a big. That was a huge. And he's fast. He's Walker's. Walker's man. He's he's an amazing kid. He's. Fast. I didn't. I didn't realize how fast he was until after that play last night. Is he humble? Very humble. Very, humble. very, very, yeah, very, very humble. And for him being such a young guy that has uh, had so much success early in this league, um, he's a guy that will definitely listen to his veterans, and and he's always just willing to just lend an ear. And I remember having a conversation with him a couple of days back, just about you know taking care of his body and being able to you know give his hundred percent every day by just taking care of his body, doing the right types of recovery. And he's the type of guy that would just sit there and listen. And you know, and some guys they they get a little bit of a big head, but he's he's not that way. He's just a very humble guy, looking always looking for ways to gain um, gain some knowledge and improve on his game. And I think the sky's the limit for the guy. I think we have a pretty humble team, man. Uh, this is probably one of the most one of the teams that have the most superstars on the team, and they just they're the quietest people I've ever been around. Yeah. They, I mean, they're not, you know, these guys talking about what they should have been or how they should have been ranked in the top 50 and all. Right. They're not those guys, you know what I mean? They're right. just like, let's go play, let's win a championship. Who cares about any other? All the rest of that stuff doesn't matter. At the end of the day, we get paid and we get we we have fans to see us win, you know. So who cares about the rest of that stuff? And I think that's the biggest thing that I see with my team we don't get a lot of publicity in the media you know what I mean but I mean, Bowman and those guys they get it but as a team you don't see much about Edmonton and we don't care <laughs> we don't care we just we just all we care about is putting the right product on the field and I think a lot of guys like that and and he is definitely one of the mo most humble guys in the locker room yeah you guys are two and one on the season. Your first two games went to overtime. The Saskatchewan game is probably one of the greatest games I've ever witnessed in in person. Mm. Um, I mean, you guys, we we talked about the slow starts. Obviously, you fought back, appeared to be in control, right? And then I think in the last eight minutes uh, after McKnight's <clears throat> fumble, you only ran five offensive plays. Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, what was it like on the bench, kind of seeing it it slip away like that, and then being in dire straits at the end? It just happened so fast too. It was it was a fumble, and then. It it was a touchdown, and then it was the hand, the onside kick, and he didn't. The guy didn't know that we, the last touch. He didn't know the rule, um, the Canadian rules, the last touch. So he just let it go, you know. Yeah. So seeing that happen, like ba 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 ba, you know, that to me, I was just like, dang. <laughs> like, right, right, right. <laughs> like, what's yeah. like? At least I, I figured one of them. Like, if we'd have got the onside kick that they tried to kick, then I knew at that point we could have just sealed it and put it away. But, and then they go down and score again, you know. So it just kind of, man, it was. It pulls it out of you, but at the same time, like we were talking about earlier, I know this team, and nobody was worried. 
Yeah. And that's just that's just who we were. We were just like, ah, well, we were in that moment, yeah, we were like, oh, you know, that was that's messed up. But, <laughs> there, but it was more than was just that up. was messed I, up. I can't say it on live, right? right. <laughs> I guarantee you, uh, that that's one thing. That's one thing I can say. We do. We reestablish and we reconfirm our faith in each other as players, because we're able to see ourselves come together as a team in such adverse situations and pull games like that through uh pull through games like that against a coach that so say knows us as a play, as a team and and knows our strengths and our weaknesses and and we were still able to become victorious in a game like that and that just reestablished our faith in, in each other and makes me proud to be a part of this uh, brotherhood so but what are you thinking though when you're you are in your own 35 with 13 seconds left down three we got this. This is wow. This is You're thinking we right got now. this. I oh, think we, we got, got field goal range. It's three. It's three. If it was down, if it was four points, then I understand like everyone kind of just like going through it. But it was three points, and and it's we have enough time to get in the field goal range, and we have guests left. Uh, Bowman, uh, um, Walker, we have, you know, John White. I mean, yeah, of course we got it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and we got right tackle, DeAnthony Baptiste. You got, you know, we got. Oh, my God. We got, yeah. And we have the left tackle, Tony Washington, you know, doing his thing out there. So, we yeah, got, we, we got can't players, be stopped. You know? can't, I'm not saying we can't be stopped, but, you know, I'm saying we're humble enough to know. Um, that we that we we can be stopped, but we will try to keep. We will fight. We right. will get that extra yard. We will get to kick. that point. You knew White had to kick. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Oh, Whitey, he's he's clutch. He's got ice in his veins, man. <laughs> what about when the, the you guys stuff the? I mean, the defense stuffs the the third down gamble. Totally oh game. man, that that was just. That was perfect. That was perfect. I mean, I know if, if if those guys up front come off like I know they definitely can, if I've experienced in practice and got tired of seeing by day 13 of training camp, I was like, yeah, they can definitely stop this yeah. offensive line. Yeah, it wasn't a, a, a if, it was just when with those guys. I mean, those Mondo. Mondo, like, I, can't even, I can't, I can't Marcus. explain the strength that this dude has. You know what I mean, and um, so when they turn it on, when they want to come, they are unblockable. You know, yep. and that was a proof of it. Now you guys, conversely, have been getting really good surges on third and short. You even went for a third and two against Saskatchewan. Got it mm-hmm. on the quarterback sneaks. You've yeah. had some that have got two or three yards. I mean, is that is that all you guys, or do you factor Mike's strength and reach into that? What I, what leads to those conversions? I think he reads it very well too. And yeah. but I, but I also think we. We have a good feel for it. Yeah, we pick out snakes. our targets. We know our targets. We know our targets. <laughs> Let's okay, just put so to put it lightly. To put it lightly, we have a good feel for yeah. our sneaks. Yeah, we know. So, we know where we're going. We yeah. know every week where we're going. Yeah, so we're just trying to keep that moving in the right direction. Be humble about it at the exactly, same time. Yeah. But yeah, we have a good feel for um, each guy's strengths and weaknesses, and and where we should go with the ball. And it's been working out, and we're just trying to keep it moving in that direction. All right, we're going to do one final segment here to the top of the hour with Tony Washington and DeAnthony Batiste, the two tackles from your Eskimos offensive line. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader, 630 Chad. All right, uh, Paul says a very enjoyable interview. You guys represent the Eskimos very well. And Dusty says, these guys have personality. I can only listen to so many cliche answers from hockey players before I want to bounce my head off the dash. <laughs> Go Eskimos. That is from Dusty. You guys are 
You've, you've revealed things to me when you've been here, but you're still careful. You don't give any bulletin board material. No, no, not at all. I mean, you got to be used to being interviewed, I guess, uh, to know what the pitfalls are and what, what, um, what to avoid. But at the same time, uh, be yourself. I mean, be respectful, be yourself, and, and, you know, and just say things that come to your mind. Yeah. So what, how do you guys spend, a, besides me forcing you to come in for this interview, how will you usually spend a day off, especially after a game? Is it just you'd rest and treatment, eat? Treatment, rest. Oh, yeah. my yeah. gosh. Treatment, rest. Maybe um, a light workout. Yeah. Oh, you will do, with, like, some lifting? or? Oh, what? yeah. It's yeah. good to lift a day after the game, just get the blood flowing and get the inflammation, uh, yeah, you know, flush uh, flushing your system. But at the same time, uh, man, I'm a huge recovery guy. Now that I'm – I wish – I tell some of the young guys, like, I wish I would think – I wish I always thought the way I think now that I'm 34 because uh, recovery 34. after games, 34. recovery 30. after games are, are huge. Um, thanks <laughs> for pointing out my age. I already pointed it out to me. Um, but recovery is huge, especially on a short week and a quick turnaround. So um, every day is vital and is key. So um, getting in cold tubs, getting uh, soft tissue release, like massages, deep tissue massages, man, that's huge for getting your body to bounce back and being at 100% as fast as possible. Yeah. Uh, I usually do that, and then I'll enjoy a good pint. <laughs> <laughs> nothing wrong with that? <laughs> after, after a game. Yeah, after a game. Were you totally nothing in the days leading up to the game, not even one beer or anything? Um... Don't, don't want to say. I plead the fizz. I plead the fizz. <laughs> but obviously nothing excessive. No, nothing yeah. in excess. No, no, never in excess. And you guys are big guys, so a pint for for you is probably like three for or like a third of one for me. So right, right. Uh, how much will you eat in a day? I mean, the whole thing, the whole cliche is that offensive linemen eat like pigs and can never have enough chicken wings and pizza and have big bellies but yeah. you, guys, you guys aren't like this that. guy this guy is a dietitian over here he's got the <laughs> nutrition down to a science i mean i'm I trying always, to learn always, you tony i always joke about how his 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 uh his uh well vitamin cabinet is a is a is a car note every month i mean this guy's all over it but i uh, know i think that's the thing that's changing about the game is the offensive linemen are not that. Yeah. We don't eat like that. I mean, there are some. <laughs> you got some of the guys that do. But when we want to eat, we can eat. But for the most part, I don't eat a lot. I mean, I might have a few meals a day, but it's small portions. And I'll have, you know, food throughout the day. I'm not a big one-meal sitting guy. Right. You know, I think uh, that's how the game's evolving. I mean, uh, st players are starting to learn that if you want uh, a high performance out of your body, you can't put low-grade uh, 87 fuel in your body. Yeah. If you want a, you want a Mercedes run like a Mercedes, you got to put premium yeah. fuel in it. Yeah. And and uh, that's one thing that's okay. huge about the game. What's your weakness, though, when it comes to a food that you shouldn't have but you're always tempted by? Red velvet cake. <laughs> Tony, well, he didn't even hesitate there. It was like he knew I was going to ask. Every chicken, fried chicken. Every fried chicken, yeah. Can, can I be a cliche right now? <laughs> Done. I don't know if I should read this one or not because it's going to give it's going to give Tony a lot of fuel for trash talking. Yeah. Oh, go. let's go. Uh, section I. So a lot of times fans identify themselves by the section they they sit in. Section I says, "Hey, I just landed from the Canadian Arctic." I'm glad to hear Tony Washington and Sorensen on your show. Oh, <laughs> wow. It's DeAnthony oh. Batiste, by the way, Section I. Wow. That's okay. That's okay, Section I. It's all good, man. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. Those guys look a lot, a lot alike, actually. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, our pigment is definitely the same. Yeah. <laughs> and they're built, they're built pretty much the same. Right, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's a compliment to someone else and not me. Yeah, not you. <laughs> uh, thanks to everybody who texted. Guys, this has been fun. Again, I really appreciate that you uh, you did it in season. You guys are, are great interviews. I appreciate how, how candid you are. Uh, I appreciate that you let me worry about how you guys start games. I'll probably keep doing that. Yep. Yeah. Keep asking you about it. We make it fun. You know, it's, it's about getting your tickets worth, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, especially overtime. We're getting, we're getting football for free. Uh, the next game is next Saturday, of course, against Hamilton. You guys will take a couple days off, or is there practice this weekend? Any film no. work? Or no, uh, we'll Monday. definitely get in and watch our film on our own and do uh, some working out and recovery. But, um, yeah, it's time to recover ourselves and turn the page and – uh, we'll start off things fresh Monday. Yeah. All right. DeAnthony, how do people get you on Twitter? Uh, DA Batiste. And Tony, your T uh, Dubs World 12? Yeah, I think it's T underscore, underscore. Dubs World 12. All right. And, and that's at D A B A T I S T E. I, I think it's 12. So that's something like that. People, I tweeted it out earlier. People can go to mine if they Hopefully, you guys have more followers than I do. Thanks again for coming in. All the best against the Tiger Cats in the rest of the season. Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank you. DeAnthony yep. Batiste and Tony Washington from Go the ask. Edmonton Eskimos for back after the news. 630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.